We are The Purposeful Project. We help entrepreneurs for free. Welcome to today's pep talk, where we'll take just 20 minutes to interview leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how, insights and life lessons. To hear these incredible insights, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can simply visit thepurposefulproject.com, sign up to our mailing list and get the podcast in your inbox every single week. Welcome, Yuguni, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Well, maybe we could start off by telling my audience a little bit about yourself. Um, yes, very happy to. So I'm an executive coach uh, and also a founder and ex-CEO of Makers, a coding bootcamp in uh, London. Uh, over the last eight years, uh, at Makers, we trained about uh, 2,000 software developers. So really, my background expertise and passion is in helping others uh, grow. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we trained uh, thousands of uh, software developers and makers, and now I'm doing it as an executive coach, working directly with uh, founders. So how did your journey start off? How did you get into a founder position yourself? What was the first thing you did? So I was trained as a, a computer scientist. I studied computer science uh, at university, and then I worked as a software developer in my 20s. And what I learned is that there are two big problems. On the one hand, companies struggle to hire developers. It was the case 10 years ago, it's still the case today. On the other hand, it's uh, really difficult to become a, uh, a developer. Today it's easier, but 10 years ago, most people assume that you, you need to go to university to get a computer science degree, and that's a huge commitment. It's at least three years, maybe more. and. Uh, so my friend and I, we decided to start makers to train software developers, employable software developers, 10 times faster and 10 times cheaper than uh, a university can. And I'm super happy to say that uh, our hypothesis, our bet uh, paid off and we found out that yes, it's possible to do uh, things 10 times faster than uh, what universities uh, can do. And uh, I'm really, really proud to say that uh, that the developers we, we trained uh, now work across uh, hundreds of uh, amazing companies uh, all around the world. Now, I was fascinated by the fact that you, um, I guess, have this executive coaching mindset. For those that don't really understand that terminology, what, what is an executive coach? Uh, an executive coach uh, helps their clients, uh, founders, CEOs, startup leaders, uh, to be as uh, efficient and as fulfilled as uh, they can be. The work can be quite uh, wide-ranging and it touches different aspects of uh, our work. Uh, it involves performance, how to achieve more, but also well-being, how to be okay, but also uh, much deeper and more interesting questions like, am I doing the work which is really mine? Where is my life going and how, is it, how my personal plans are aligned with my uh, professional plans? Or how Am I showing up as a CEO? How do I come across? What influence does it have on uh, on my team? So these are all the questions that uh, that are often explored in uh, executive coaching. It, it sounds sometimes like it's therapy as well. Right? It, feel, it feels like there's a deep psychological element to the process. Uh, there is deep psychological element, yes, but there are significant differences from therapy. Therapy is normally concerned with uh, the past, with healing what happened in the past and uh, 
making uh, making sure that it doesn't show up uh, in the present. Whereas coaching focuses on the present and the future potential. Coaching is all about getting more out of the future. So the focus is very much uh, in what's happening right now and what does it mean for our next steps. Yes, coaches will occasionally go into the past uh, in order to understand the background, but generally coaches don't need to know as much about what happened before as they may think they do. Uh, the focus of coaching is very much on the here, now and the future. I think it's interesting your background because you, you've come from, I guess, quite a scalable business. You built makers into something quite scalable. Uh, and, and so coaching to me sounds less scalable or, or, or is there something I'm missing? Is, it, is there some way you do it? But to me, it feels like it's a very personal one-on-one -on -one kind of service. Am, am I right? It, uh, you're absolutely right. It's a very personal one-on-one -on -one, uh, service. But one of the things I learned at Makers is that some of the best work I did and some of the most enjoyable work I did over the years uh, happened in a one-to-one -one, uh, setting. When I was working with my executive team, with uh, uh, the students we trained, uh, I think I show up best in one-to-one uh, -one settings, and this is what led me to uh, executive coaching. But also the experience of um, uh, being coached myself. I was lucky enough to, uh, to work with uh, several uh, really good executive coaches uh, in my career as a CEO. And uh, this really opened my eyes to uh, how transformative uh, it can be. And I think this is a really important point for my listeners to pick up on, actually, this is your, your life lesson there, because I think there's so much obsession with building scalable businesses. There's so much obsession with that concept that, you know, you as an individual, it's not scalable. And I think they're missing a point that I feel like you're raising there, which is sometimes it's about enjoyment and impact, right? It's about you enjoying uh, that day. Absolutely. Yes, it's not, it's not all about growth. Right now, everyone seems to assume that uh, everything needs to grow. Uh, revenues and users and business and whatever you are doing, it is supposed to, to grow up and to the right. Otherwise, it's somehow uh, not valid. And to me, what's, what was far more important for me as I was uh, contemplating my next steps uh, after um, uh, stepping down as a CEO of Makers was... What is my place in this world? What can I bring and how can I contribute to the uh, tech ecosystem in the UK, which is uh, dear to me? Uh, what are my strengths and weaknesses and what am I going to be uh, looking forward to uh, uh, every Monday morning? And it may well, it may well lead me on a path which will uh, involve uh, more growth down the line at some point uh, in the future. But uh, right now, the way I'm measuring growth is not in terms of uh, number of users, but in terms of my depth of understanding of how to help uh, founders. I really want founders to avoid the mistakes and the pain that I experienced uh, in my time uh, as a CEO. And uh, that's my, my focus of uh, growth right now. Yeah, so, so I really love this executive coach concept i think for a lot of people that hear it again they might not understand what it actually is so let's say i was your your client and and i came to you what what sort of things would you ask me Let, let's do a role play for a minute i'd love the audience to understand what an executive coach might do uh i would uh, ask you a few questions about uh have been coached before or what's happening in your professional life uh right now what are you noticing uh what are what gives you joy what is challenging 
where do you feel you uh, your professional life is uh, going? And we would take it as a uh, as a starting point for for uh, the conversation. Okay, well let let's do it for the sake of it. I'm I'm interested. I'll be very honest and try and try to give the audience an an, an inner sight insight into how executive coaching sessions work. So now I appreciate that this takes sometimes weeks, if not months to build up a rapport with a client and, and get this right. But so, so the first question, you know, I guess when you're talking to a client is to try and understand where they think they're going, right? And, and is that uh, frame within a personal framework? Right for oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, where they're going right now and what's happening for them mm. in the moment. Mm. Uh, Executive coaches work in professional context, but the personal inevitably gets in the way because drawing a clear line between personal and professional is uh, gen- generally challenging. They do influence each other. Mm. So my so my first question to, uh, for you, Simon, would be just tell me in a few sentences what what what's what's happening in your professional life right now. Well, if, I, if I'm being honest about it, I would say that um, I'm working on something I really care about, but it, it takes up a lot of my time and I sometimes feel like I'm neglecting my family or even my own health to fulfill the mission of the business, um, which I find to be you know, very, also very uh, important to me. So I guess you know, maybe I've got what a lot of entrepreneurs have, that kind of that difficulty with work-life balance maybe. Um, but that, that's how I feel. I really love what I'm doing. I really love the mission. Um, but there are days when I feel like, you know, maybe um, I'm, I'm giving too much to that and, and not enough to, say, my family. So what I'm hearing from you is that both the mission of uh, your company and your family are important to you. And you love what you do professionally. And at the same time, you also have a slight concern that maybe your sense of priorities is not is not giving enough focus to uh, to your personal life. Yeah, I do feel that way sometimes. Yeah, and but I, I also know myself well enough at this point that if I don't give myself this mission and purpose that I believe in, then I'm perhaps not that much fun to hang around with anyway. So uh, again, that balance is really tricky. So it sounds like. So it sounds like. Uh, the sense of mission and purpose is uh, really important for you. Yeah, it is. Uh, when when you think about your life in general, not just uh, for the not just your professional life, what is what are the three most important things in life for you? Three most important things in life. Well, I guess um, definitely health and well being is is priority. I think. Uh, I'm like both for me and for my family, of course. So um, I, I definitely feel like time-wise, my my son who's three and a half, if I was want to give him time, definitely one of my priorities to give him time. And then, yeah, probably uh, being honest, my wife might not like to hear this, but my my first priority right now would be the business and the mission. Um, you know, and um, and so yeah, they're, they're probably my top top three things that I think about. Uh, Simon, I noticed that the first thing you uh, you mentioned was uh, uh, health and well-being, and uh, then you mentioned the time with your uh, son. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, tell me, how does uh, how do you spend your time uh, right now in general? Well, I mean, each day is different, of course, um, but I I co-parent with my 
with my wife. So we basically, I work three days, she works three days. And those three days that she works, I look after our son and vice versa. Um, and we have what we call a family day, which is one day a week where we, we're all together. Um, so that's presently how I generally structure my week. Uh, when, and when you think about this arrangement, uh, do you feel it serves uh, more your family or more your business or both equally? Mm, I would say it's trying to service both. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But um, yeah, it depends on what's happening in the business. Sometimes it's not enough time for the business. And then other times it's not enough time with the family. But it's, there are only seven days in the week. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it gets a bit tricky, right? Yeah. So, Simon, what I'm picking up from our conversation, uh, if I if I take a step back, is that uh, both your business and your family are really important to you. There is a sense that uh, your business is taking uh, a significant priority in your life, but overall, uh, overall, what I'm picking up between the lines, you are giving enough attention to all important areas of your life. Trying to, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not not an easy one. Um, so it's funny because I have thought about hiring an executive coach or someone to help me kind of understand this. Uh, I guess problem I think all entrepreneurs have right that balance between building something you love while not neglecting your health or your family. Right. It sounds like an implicit assumption here is that it has to be a trade off, mm. either or, either you're with the family or you're building the business. Mm. Yeah, it does feel that way. Because there's not like, um, you know, my, my wife or my son can necessarily contribute to the business. They're, they're, they're not part of the business. So it, it is, I mean, I know it's like I get my son involved in the podcast sometimes, but, you know, generally he's not contributing, you know, he's not, he's not making it work, right? He's just being involved from time to time. But yeah, I do find that, that tricky. Is there, uh, is there any possible way you can think of uh, how to bring these two areas of your life uh, closer to each other? Um, well, I mean, one one element of person again being very open. I thought about hiring a CEO to run my business for me, and then I can work three days a week on it without having the guilt feeling that I'm not giving the business enough attention. Um, yeah, so that's that's one way, I guess. It's not like I can hire a uh, you know a father to take my place at home. <laughs> But I probably could hire a CEO. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly. that's one so thing. There I think. are things things you can do on the professional side, but not on the personal side. Mm. No, I, I mean a three and a half year old would never understand if I hired an actor double to come in. It's still not going to work, is it? So. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, so in terms of uh, specific uh, uh, specific steps forward. Is there anything which comes to uh, which uh, comes to mind that you would be uh, willing to commit to in the next uh, uh, few days or weeks? Yeah, I probably could commit to hiring a CEO to help me with the platform. Sounds like sounds like a big step. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was actually a very good session. Good good example actually. And uh, thank thanks for stepping through. You know, I mean, it's funny because I I know this in my own mind. I guess this is the art of what you do. I, I know that sort of answer is there already, but sometimes just having someone that helps you realize it as you talk through it there. And I'm just for the audience listening, this was not staged. Literally, we just tried this idea very quickly right now um, just to demonstrate because I know a lot of people ask me what how an executive coach works, but I feel like you really just pull out of me what I already know, right? 
Uh, yes, coaches hardly ever give advice or bring in their own opinion. Uh, coaches uh, ask questions and just tease out things which are already there. One of my favorite definitions of coaching or ways to think about coaching is awareness and uh, responsibility. Raising awareness about what's happening already and encouraging the client to take responsibility to do something which makes sense to them in the context of uh, this awareness. Mm. Mm, that's fascinating. So how do people presently, if they want to uh, have you as their executive coach, is, it, um, is there a long waiting list? How, how does one, how do you become someone's coach? Um, usually, it's a really good idea to speak to a few coaches uh, before committing to uh, any specific person. Uh, every coach is, uh, is, a, is an individual. Every coach brings something uh, of their own to uh, to the table. So I would encourage every, uh, everyone to reach out to their network to ask for recommendations to get a list of maybe uh, two, three, four uh, coaches they would like to speak to and drop an email to each of them and say, hey, can we can we have a uh, Zoom call? Can we have a uh, sample, uh, sample coaching session? And uh, normally all coaches will offer uh, will offer the one coaching session uh, longer than the one that we uh, than we just had, uh, and uh, this will uh, this will this will help help both the client and the coach to understand if there is a good fit between them, uh, and whether they should uh, give it a go and uh, start working together. Mm, that's really good advice, actually. Um, and so, any particular questions you think good to ask an executive coach to understand how they think? Uh, yes, there are plenty of questions. Um, off the top of my head, if I were looking for a coach right now, I would ask uh, about their uh, background. Why did they decide to be an executive coach? It's a pretty special thing to do, and so I would be really interested in why they're doing it. I would love to understand their coaching philosophy. Every coach has a very different approach to uh, coaching, and so it's important to understand how they see uh, the process. I would be interested in the details of uh, their training. Uh, who trained them, uh, for how they are uh, keeping up and making sure that they are uh, staying sharp professionally. Do they have a supervisor? Do uh, Are they uh, accredited or uh, certified by a professional body? Uh, a certification doesn't guarantee anything, uh, but uh, a lot of coaches still uh, choose to do it for, uh, for a good reason. Mm-hmm. I would be uh, interested in... Uh, their own personal development process. What are they doing to make sure that they are growing professionally on an uh, ongoing basis? Uh, so, in other in other words, I would treat it just uh, um, uh, just as an uh, an interview. I would I would like to learn as much as possible uh, about them and their journey. What brings them to this uh, to this point uh, to this point? I would ask them for references. I would love to speak to. You. Uh, two or three uh, clients, uh, and um, uh, and most most importantly, I would love to have a uh, a coaching session with them because every coach is so different. It's uh, it's not it's not really possible to make a good decision just by uh, uh, talking to the uh, to the person. Mutual fit is really important, and uh, the best way to determine it is just to have a one-off uh, coaching session. And by the way, most coaches offer it for free, so uh, there is a uh, little downside. Well, I guess my final question for you is, um, of course, you, uh, as the founder of Makers, you then brought in a CEO to run the company. So how did you do that? Because I need to do that now. 
Well, I uh, I was in a very luxurious position to not uh, not being under any time pressure uh, to do so. So uh, the CEO that uh, the CEO that we appointed uh, inst- uh, instead of me, uh, Claudia, uh, she was my uh, chair for I think a year and a half or two years before she became uh, a chief executive. So we knew each other really well. Uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, the trust. The uh, obviously as a chair of the board, she knew the company and the board extremely well. So all of this made uh, made the process uh, much much uh, easier. Mm. Great. Well, look, uh, really appreciate you taking time out today to share your knowledge and teach us all about how executive coaching works. And thank you so much for, for doing that. And we'll have you back on the podcast, hopefully in the future, where we could do some more live coaching sessions. That's really fascinating to me. But I want to thank you for taking time out today. And anyone wants to grab uh, your information or connect with you, we'll put the links down below, wherever you're listening to this now. But thank you very much, Juvdini. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Simon. Thank you for listening to Pep Talk today, powered by The Purposeful Project. If you found it interesting, please give us a review and follow us. In addition, you can sign up to our website and get loads more free entrepreneur knowledge, as well as get access to Pep Talk and the Purposeful Project podcast direct in your inbox every week.